This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams. We've got a really interesting show today. It's uh, all about uh, some of the new Samsung announcements. Uh, I was down in San Francisco this week checking out uh, all the new gadgets they've been uh, announcing, and there's some really amazing technologies coming down the pipe. Uh, they've got the new Samsung Galaxy S10 smartphone. There's three different models of it. The top-end one, there's, there are two top-end ones, have five cameras built into it. Five. Five. Five cameras. Yes. Uh, you know, fingerprint uh, sensor right in the screen itself, and so much more. And we'll uh, be talking with Ted Christonos, uh, our friend uh, out of Toronto. He's a, uh, a digital tech expert there. And uh, we'll also be talking about the big announcement, the new foldable screen Samsung Fold called the foldable screen called the Fold. This the Samsung thing, Fold. The Samsung Fold. I can't yeah. even say that properly. <laughs> so this is like a phone, and then you can unfold it, and it turns into a giant tablet. It is crazy cool, and we'll uh, get the lowdown on that as well. First up, we'll uh, talk some of the tech news, as we always do at the start uh, of uh, Get Connected. This is a big one, Graham. Uh, Samsung has uh, announced they're no longer making Blu-ray players for the U.S. market. Blu-ray players are dead. I feel like I need to pour one out for my my homie Blu-ray. Yeah. This is is rough. I mean, it was interesting to sort of see the Blu-ray HD DVD battle. Right, because I, I used to work at Future Shop back in the day. I was working the head office when both Blu-ray and HD uh, DVD launched, and Toshiba and Microsoft were the guys behind HD DVD. Yeah, right. And they they were actually pretty cool because they they did a couple of things right. They made sure that all the players had to have a gigabyte of memory on board. They all had to have network connectivity. They were kind of doing it well. And the language that this uh, that this, these things launched with it was for interactivity was actually really neat. Yeah. Um. So you know, Toshiba uh, at the time they'd ship me an HD DVD player and like a stack of movies because they wanted me to be an influencer in this space. Um, and so, you know, Sony with Blu-ray, they didn't quite have it. You know, they didn't have the always-on network connection. BDJ, which was the language that uh, Blu-ray operated on, wasn't quite developed. Uh, there was no onboard storage, so in a lot of the early players, you had to plug a USB key into it to get the interactivity because it would download all that stuff <laughs> off the internet. That's crazy. And so, you know, we, we, we saw this, this sort of thing happen where uh, it was sort of back and forth. But unfortunately for, for Toshiba, literally everybody else was on Sony's side, and Sony did have their, their, their stealth, their dark horse the PlayStation 3. Yes. Right? Which, you know, launched famously at 599 US dollars. It was very expensive. Uh, but it, it basically was the Trojan horse into a lot of living rooms. Uh, but Blu-ray, it never really felt like it caught on, did it? It did. Well, it kind of did, but I yeah. mean, it was right around this time where streaming started to come well, along. Well, yeah, in that in that sense, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the world changed. Yeah. Right? And it's like, do I really want to be buying movies at you know, 30 bucks a pop? And then when 4K Blu-ray came along a couple of years ago, we were back to $45 for a movie. Yeah. You're like, that's they... nearly six months of Netflix. I know. You know? And the, 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 the quality that people were all looking for, like Netflix, even in 4K, it's not the 4K that you get off Blu-ray because it's compressed and yeah. you can't do uncompressed yeah, sound. Yeah, there's a difference, right? The yeah. uh, 4K Blu-ray disc, there's no question, like, the quality is better than the stream stuff because, like you said, it's not compressed yeah. or compressed as much. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the, the sound, you'll never be able to get that true uncompressed sound with the, the types of data packages that we've got right now, even for our homes. So Blu-ray, for a lot of purists out there, is is the source, right? If you've got, if you have something that you call a home theater as opposed to just having a TV, you're probably looking at Blu-ray going, this is my dog. Yeah. Right? So to see this kind of come to an end, it's, I think the writing's on the wall for a lot of people out there that this may start to spell the end for Blu-ray. 
Well, they uh, were going to bring out a new one uh, in 2019. Uh, the last one they released was in 2017, but uh, they have scrapped this new one. So it is kind of uh, kind of the end of an era for physical media, Just like video in. media. Yeah. yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, shame. But yeah, you know, I remember getting a DVD player. Like going from VHS tapes to DVD. Yep. Brilliant. Yes. Um, and. To be honest, by that time, uh, you know, I had a DVD player for a little while. I started getting into downloading stuff and, and <laughs> streaming things, and I just thought, you know, this is the future. Yep. And I, I don't think I ever bought a, I never bought a Blu-ray player. No. No, I think the kids had it in a PlayStation Three. Yeah. Never used. It, it's never curious. Used. So here's the funny thing: I actually went to watch a Blu-ray movie the other day, and okay. I realized that. Um, one of the only Blu-ray players that I had. I've got my PlayStation 4 and I've got my Xbox One. So I put the disc into my Xbox One and nothing happened. And even at that point, I had to go and download a Blu-ray app. It wouldn't just play uh, in order for it to, to work. It, it just it felt like such so much friction to get to this content that I just went, oh, forget it. And I just bought it off iTunes instead. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to some of the other stories here. Uh, we're talking tech stories on Get Connected. Nike's Nike's self-lacing sneakers uh, turn into bricks after faulty firmware update. Oh, heck. <laughs> My left shoe won't even reboot. <laughs> they're, they're, there's so much to unpack here. I mean, I, I think a lot I of people... I didn't know they had this shoe. No? No. No, really? It's called uh, Nike's Adapt BB sneaker uh, sneakers, uh, 350 bucks US. Uh, they're self-lacing, uh, and they come with an app for Android and iOS, uh, but apparently the Android uh, app is bricking the shoes. You're bricking shoes. I, I think a lot of people probably, when they when this first was announced, they were probably making fun of these shoes, thinking that this was going to be a thing, and I, I'm sure they just love being proved right. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of pieces of, you know, hardware or clothing, technology, where you look at it and you go, is there really a reason for this thing, this thing to exist? Um, and, you know, I, I think the self-lacing sneaker, really, really cool and back to the future, too. Yes. Right? Yes. And I think that's really where the where, where the, the genesis of this came from for Nike. Uh, but uh, I really, I haven't felt the urge for a self-lacing shoe. Maybe maybe I'm getting to the get off your lawn, get off my lawn stage of my life, but uh, this is weird. And uh, LOL. Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, also in the news, uh, Google Home is the most popular smart speaker in Canada. So uh, one in eight Canadians uh, now own a smart speaker device with the majority owning a Google Home. Not the case in the U.S. Yep. Amazon uh, Echo speakers with the Alexa voice assistant are killing it down there. They're the big one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Google has done a lot to really get these devices into more people's hands. They were doing like a buy one, get one free. I think it came as a Happy Meal toy at one point. Uh, so, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot that Google's done in this space to really try to, to push Google Home. Uh, the Amazon ecosystem isn't really as robust here in Canada, right? Like a lot of people are still kind of catching on to the idea that your Amazon Prime subscription comes with Prime Video and it comes with Prime Music and all this sort of stuff. You ask people, well, have you tried any of these services or have you watched um, you know, any of the exclusive content like The Man in the High Castle? People are like, well, where do, I, where do I find that? Yeah. So I think there's sort of an education component here that Amazon is absolutely not doing in Canada. It, it feels like they're just... They're not here. No. So it's no surprise to me that Google is a little bit more uh, in place. I, I've got both of them. I yeah. think Google's better for some things. Like I, it's better for um, 
like searches and yeah. things like that. Uh, but I find the Amazon uh, Echo speakers with Alexa um, much better for smart home stuff. Well, and, and that's it. I mean, mine ties in with my Sonos stuff. Mine ties in with uh, my Lutron. It ties in with my HomeKit stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, Google Home does that too, but I just find it easier on the Amazon Alexa. And I find the voice assistant works better. Like I'm always having trouble with the Google yeah. Home stuff. but. Uh, Maybe it's me. Yeah, the Alexa speakers I find, like I use them a ton in the kitchen because yeah. I use them for setting timers and things like that, and they're super, super helpful. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. The one thing that we do need to see, uh, HomePod, 4% of the market. Apple, where are you here? You're missed. Well, maybe uh, HomePod 2. HomePod 2. HomePod 2. When we come back from the break, Samsung announces a new folding screen phone called the Samsung Galaxy Fold. We'll tell you all about it. Listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Mike Agarbo here for Get Connected. Uh, recently spent some time down in San Francisco at the big Samsung Unpacked launch for a bunch of new phones and wearables. Everything from smartwatches to earbuds to the new Galaxy S10 and a foldable phone that turns into a tablet, which we'll get into shortly. I've got my good friend Ted Kritsonos with me. Thanks for coming in. Good to be with you, Mike. So uh, you were down with me here in San Francisco. Uh, this unpacked event, they have them, uh, you know, once or twice a year, and uh, they invite thousands of journalists uh, from around the world, which is a pretty penny. Like, I can just only imagine the millions that they spend to do this. Uh, your thoughts, were you impressed? Well, they presented that they were launching the next generation of products in this case, that they were going to move the ball forward by a significant margin. So I would assume that the S10 and the Galaxy Fold are the products that are going to be doing that. And even though they teased the Fold before, now they gave it a name, they, they've they unveiled it, although they didn't officially launch it apparently because we didn't get the, the chance to touch it. No, they uh, typically after these... Uh uh, showcases. They then uh, have a, a show area where you can go and touch and feel all the new devices. Not a one to be found. No, I did not see a Galaxy Fold in the wild while I was out there. Well, it, they say they're going to launch it April 26th. Yes. Maybe yes. it's not ready. Uh, no, they did say that what I got was that they are going to unveil it even further at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. And then from there, uh, you, we would start to see more hands-on demos from there. And also, you know, in terms of like launch dates and pricing and so on and so forth. I mean, we got some pricing information. We didn't get Canadian pricing inf- information, but I think we'll know more of those details after that. Well, let's start with the new Galaxy S10 phones. Sure. Uh, and they have three models, uh, as opposed to traditionally they launch uh, two. And they've uh, they've got some innovations in these. Yeah, they've got some interesting stuff going on. I mean, they went with a triple lens setup for the camera, which I think a lot of people were expecting, especially in the tech, cir- in tech circles, they were expecting that. How many lenses can you put on phones? Well, apparently you can put six because that's what the Fold has. Uh, but, well, I mean, that's a whole other story. But but in, on, on the S10, now the triple lens uh, setup is on the S10 and S10 Plus, not on the S10e, which is sort of like, I guess, you the lower of the three anyway. So they've added a wide-angle lens, 123 degrees, so basically the equivalent of a human eye, uh, and they've... They've also added it to panorama shooting. So not only can you just shoot random, you know, just regularly with the wide-angle lens, but you can also shoot panoramas that also capture more information, more visual stuff, both just vertically, not just horizontally. It looks pretty cool from what they showed anyway. And uh, they also have a partnership with Instagram. So there's actually an Instagram mode on the camera. Is this the decline of civilization as we know it? (laughs) We're going to find out soon enough, I think. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised. I, I figured that uh, they would, if you're going to play up the camera, you might as well also play up the social media connection, right? So we'll see how that goes. I mean, I thought also the Adobe Premiere Rush connection, where basically you can shoot video on the phone and then edit it right after on the phone and export it wherever you want after, I think is going to be pretty cool too. So people will use the Instagram features, but I find Instagrammers have their own workflows that they work with. So will it have heavy adoption? We'll wait and see. Well, you talked about the video editing. So now they have video editing capability right on the phone. Typically, when you wanted to work with video that you've taken uh, with your smartphone, most people load it onto a computer. But now you've got the tools and some half-decent tools that are built right into the phone. Yeah, I mean, we haven't been able to test it, obviously, so we don't know how good it's going to be. But it looks interesting uh, in terms of some of the – like Adobe Premiere is a good – I mean, it's a good program, as, as we know. Now, obviously, this is going to be a, sort of a bare-bones version of it that's going to have some basic features, but at least you know that you're going to be using something that's pretty good. The video quality, I mean, they played up the whole HDR10+. plus. I mean, getting far better colors on your video, smoother video as well. So that remains to be seen. We haven't been able to test it yet, but if that's the case, then perhaps we have a phone now that can shoot video far better than any other phone out there. Uh, really is uh, some amazing capabilities uh, in there. Uh, the battery on this phone is uh, larger now, and they've got a feature that uh, we saw come out with the Huawei Mate 20 Pro, uh, wireless charging from the phone. Like you Reverse can char- wireless charging. Yes, yeah. so you can charge not only other phones that are capable of wireless charging, but they really showed how you could charge their other little accessories. like uh, And we'll talk about this uh, shortly, uh, some new Air... Uh, ear, the Galaxy earbuds. Buds, yeah, basically true wireless earbuds and uh, the new Galaxy Watch Active, which is basically a smaller version of the Galaxy Watch. I hope this battery is good because, you know, uh, you'll be uh, bleeding yeah. it dry. I mean, let's be realistic. Look, it's like like with Huawei. and I mean, I mean we talked about it at the time, Mike. It, it, there's no way you're going to recharge a full phone uh, using that feature, but at least you're going to keep your phone from dying with it. And I think it is useful for the earbuds as well. So if you have those true wireless, wireless earbuds with you and you want a quick recharge... Uh, or at least just to get enough juice so that you can keep listening to music, they would be good for that, for sure. And we should probably mention also the fingerprint scanner. I mean, I, I don't know what your thoughts were on that. I, they claim this is a different technology. Now, it's not proprietary. It's an ultrasonic sensor, meaning that it's not using optical and it's not using a capacitive. So capacitive being like what Huawei uses, where it's just basically a fingerprint that you match on the screen. Uh, this case, they have something that's a little bit more secure, they say, and something that's even faster. So far from what I've seen in using the phone, it is pretty quick and responsive. I don't know if you've tried it out, but um, it, it seems to be a pretty good feature so far. Well, I do like that. Uh, they're trying to make the screen as big as possible. If you compare the new S10 to the uh, the old the old S9, <laughs> how old is that? Like nine months. Uh, it uh, it definitely is bigger for two reasons because they don't have the home button anymore. The fingerprint scanner is uh, essentially right in the screen itself. You can't see it. And also, they've done something different with the camera. There's no notch like you'll see in like the iPhone 10s and some of the other Android phones. Yeah. They've got uh, the little camera lens. Uh, in the top right-hand corner of the uh, of the actual screen itself, so uh, you know, I guess giving you more screen real estate. Yeah, it, that's interesting, right? Like you basically have the screen wrapping around that little that little portion where the cameras are, and they put it in the top right. It, it's one of those design decisions that I think is going to be divisive, regardless, uh, because people just hate notches, regardless of how they look. But at least they're trying to minimize its presence, I guess, on the screen. But I, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be a pretty subjective thing. 
vis- I mean, aesthetically speaking? Uh, as far as availability, we're looking in March. Do you remember the pricing offhand? Uh, Canadian pricing, we'll have to get back on that, but uh, it's not going to be cheap, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and we know the carriers, you know, all the major carriers are going to be carrying the phone. Uh, we do know right now that uh, there were, I believe it was three colors that are coming to Canada. Uh, black, white, and I believe, I forgot what the other the third color was. Is it yellow? It might have been the yellow one, actually. I call it Minion Yellow. Minion Yellow. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Minion Yellow. Um, and yeah, so uh, the price will be high. Uh, this will be a, a very expensive phone, regardless of which configuration you're buying. And I mean, you're getting one terabyte of storage too, which I, I think is also worth mentioning. That's a lot. That is a lot of storage. And I, I, make, I make light of the Minion Yellow, but you know what? If I had to pick one... I would pick that the, was a nice color. I would pick the yellow. Yeah, that, that was a nice color. I, I like the I like the the green as well. That looked really nice. Actually, it looked far better in person than it did when they showed it on the screen when during the presentation. So uh, they're trying stuff. It looks like with the colors, right? They they went, you know, they've tried different things all every year. Like every year, I feel like there's a color they try that you never see again. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if yellow and green make it to next year. We're talking with Ted Krotsonos, a uh, good, uh, good friend uh, and tech journalist from Toronto. We've been uh, down in San Francisco at the big Samsung Unpacked event. Literally thousands of journalists around the world coming to see what Samsung has to offer in the coming months. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the Samsung Fold. This is revolutionary. This is a smartphone that actually folds out into a tablet size, a 4.6-inch screen, that folds into a 7.3-inch screen. It, it is all sorts of amazing. We haven't had our hands on one yet, uh, so we're looking forward to that. But we'll be talking about it after the break and how much it is and would you want one. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here. We've been down in San Francisco checking out all the latest announcements from Samsung. We spoke about the Galaxy S10 models. There's going to be three of them. I guess one for every price point now out there. Uh, but we're going to talk about the biggest announcement there, and that was the Samsung Fold. This is a revolutionary new phone that uh, basically folds out into a tablet size. And it's it's kind of hard to explain, but it looks glorious. Yeah, that's true. So they're calling it the Galaxy Fold. And so they're keeping it within the Galaxy family. And it is. It's actually, you're right, because it is a, it is a device that's a bit hard to describe in words. A visual, I think the, the, the pictures really tell it all when you look at it, even more so the video, because when you see it flipped out. This was the same device that was teased uh, probably about a month ago, maybe a bit more. And we've finally now seen it, although we haven't seen it in our own hands. We've only seen it now as to what it's going to be, what it's going to be called, and what some of the features and the specs that it's going to have. But um, I don't know. I, I mean, there's always been some speculation that Samsung has been working on this. And there's also been speculation as to whether they can do it properly. And that remains to be seen. But I can say from my perspective that in looking at what they showed so far, there is some compelling aspects to it. You know, to have three apps running at the same time in a multitasking situation and one that kind of that looks to work. It actually looks like it does work. Uh, the thickness apparently won't be that bad from what they're saying when, when it's folded together. So we'll see about that. You still get very good cameras, apparently. Six in total, by the way. Six. That's that's amazing. Uh, so three on the back to yeah. take pictures, two 
on the yeah, front? Yeah, it's basically three in the – so when you have the, 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 the fold folded, it's three in the rear, right? And then you have two in the front. And then when you fold it open, you're going to have another one that faces you when you have it open as a tablet. So you basically come up with six. So it, it, you could argue that it's three front-facing cameras and three rear cameras altogether. It looks magical, though. Like, you just don't expect screens to fold. Yeah, no. Uh, it does look kind of – and I think my, my biggest – I think my biggest concern with this product, even leading up to the event, was how do you make Android work with with this kind of a weird form factor, right? Now, oh, it's weird. It, yeah, like it's a strange, it's a strange looking device. I mean, we haven't seen it live, granted, but it's a strange looking device, and I don't know. Uh, I think that's going to be the the key is to how do the so- how does the software work on something like this, right? We know the phone part's going to be fine, but when you open it up as a tablet, how's it going to feel? I don't know. It's interesting. One interesting part of it. So again, when you look at it, it looks when it's folded uh, to like regular phone size, it's got a full screen on the front, 4.6 inches. Uh, And then when you fold it out, there's a full 7.3 inch screen on the inside. So effectively, there's kind of like two screens going on, like one on the front and one in the tablet uh, side. Um, But what I'm interested to is the app continuity. So when it's in the regular phone mode, for example, if you're in Google Maps, if you then unfold the phone into full tablet size, it then instantly transforms yes. that, that particular app you're using into the full tablet size, and it did it instantly. Yeah, it appears that that's going to... Now, my question is, is, will that work on any app? I don't think so. My guess is that the apps will have to be optimized to actually take advantage of that feature. Despite that, it's still very cool. I mean, the way that they showed it where you had... You know, he was looking up something on a map. When it was folded, he folds it out, and then all of a sudden, the entire screen... Uh, you know, as a, as a tablet, shows the map as well. So he did show it with a few different apps. I mean, Spotify was one that we did see. Netflix, I think, was another one that they showed. So I think some of the key and popular apps will probably work with this type of a feature. But whether or not it will work with anything that Android runs, I think, remains to be seen. The price. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't translated into Canadian yet, or I have in my mind. I don't know what the carriers will be pricing it at. It's $2,000 US, $2,000. That's we've for hit, the starting configuration, right? We've hit, we've hit a new high. Yeah, it starts at, well, officially it starts at $1,980 US, okay? Uh, we don't know yet what it's going to cost in Canada or whether or not we're getting everything that the US gets or any other market gets as far as configurations go or, or specs. But I would assume that we will... And you would be looking easily between twenty-five to three thousand dollars, twenty-five hundred to three thousand dollars for this product in Canada is my my guess. Would you pay that, Ted? Uh, no, uh, I can't. I, I I mean, if I tried it and I really liked it, then maybe. But it's hard for me to justify it because I have a phone. I don't know. I mean, you have to justify it based on what would you spend on a phone and a tablet altogether. If the price is close then you might be able to justify it that way. Uh, if, you're, if your taste is expensive and you want a $2,000 phone and an $800 tablet, then yeah, you might as well take the plunge. It is interesting. Like it, I'm amazed by it. And you know, all my body wants to get this, this, this <laughs> tablet because you know, I'm a tech guy and, and it looks cool. Uh, but this is going to be the first of many of these foldable type of uh, screens. I know Huawei uh, is rumored to be launching yeah. one in Spain at the Barcelona Mobile World Congress next week. I, 
I'm fascinated to know what theirs looks like, when the launch date will be, and and how much. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, We're going to see some competition, I think, in this space in terms of foldable devices, uh, especially ones running Android. So with Huawei, because they tend to use their own overlay over Android, it will be interesting to see how they optimize that to work in in that kind of a form factor. Now, that being said, you know, it's interesting, right? Because the... (laughs) A phone and a tablet all at once, is there a demand for something like that? Does anybody... Now, whether or not somebody wanted it to begin with or whether or not they don't realize that they wanted something like that, I think is going to be interesting. I think the price will scare some people away because they're just going to think like, oh my God, that's like more than a mortgage payment. Uh, I mean, can I really really justify spending that much? But there's going to be definitely be some early adopters who are going to be all in on that and say like you know what I fly a lot I'm on a, I'm on planes a lot that would be a perfect device battery life is also another thing now there was two batteries that are in there as we know as they mentioned one on each one on each fold one on each fold basically that apparently are working together to give you the combined battery life what that'll mean in practice I don't know that remains to be seen you basically have one big screen and one almost big screen working together here uh, so that's going to take up a lot of juice well, we'll have to wait and see what Huawei launches uh, next week. I, I think it's fascinating. I think it's an exciting new category, but the price, you know, and of course, when these new technologies come out, they're always sky high. There's no question. Would you spend $3,000 on this this new type of device? No. But would you spend $800? Oh, 800 bucks is a totally different story because now you're in a totally different category. You're basically looking at almost $2,000 less than what it would be going for, most likely in Canada anyway. So I don't know. It... it, it now they're trying to they didn't go too far into how they envision the device in different use cases they just showed basically how the software works and what the hardware looks like that's really what they talked about i think we're going to get more information at mobile world congress in barcelona Uh, i think they'll go more in depth at that uh, at that show talking about how they envision this product to fit in everyday everybody's life so from there, we may get some more, more answers, but I think also we may get more competition by then if Huawei actually falls, you know, follows through and comes out with a device that's similar. We're talking with Cred, Cred, Ted Critsonos, uh, our good friend and tech journalist from Toronto, all about the new Samsung Fold. This is an amazing new crazy phone uh, that folds out into a giant 7-inch tablet screen. Simply amazing technology. It's going to be anywhere from $2,500 to $3,000 here in Canada when it hits. Uh, April 26th is when it's launching in the U.S. They haven't set a Canadian date yet. When we come back from the break, we're still talking about the Samsung Unpacked event. Still some more things to unpack, so to speak, including their new wearables and a surprise 5G smartphone. What does that mean to you? We'll explain when we come back from the break. You're listening to Get Connected. Brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here. Uh, we've been down in San Francisco this week for the big Samsung Unpacked event. Been talking all about some of the innovations we saw. The new Galaxy S10 phones, smartphones, uh, the new Galaxy Fold the phone that folds out into a giant tablet screen. Now let's talk about some of the wearables, uh, which were kind of interesting as well, starting with the Galaxy Buds. I think Apple really kind of revolutionized the whole earbud or the wireless earbud category when they came out with the AirPods that fit into the little AirPod case that charges them as well. Uh, Samsung now has come out with the Galaxy Buds, which look very similar and have a similar type of case too. Samsung's been at this for a few times now. This is the third attempt that they've made 
to launch this product. Now, they claim that they've solved some of the battery life issues from the past because you can go six hours on phone calls, five hours listening to music, uh, or kind of a mix of the two, depending on what you're doing, right? If you're doing phone calls and music, it just depends. It also depends what volume you're playing the music at. But anyway, you know, that's not neither here nor there. The point is, is that they believe that they've made a better product, not just than what they've come up with in the past, but what their competitors have come up with. Moreover, you have a small case and you have wireless charging and really easy pairing with Samsung devices. So they basically did what Apple's done with the AirPods, super fast pairing, you know, one or two taps on the screen and you're good. And that's it. So uh, I'll be testing them out, actually. I haven't uh, listened to them just yet, but I'm actually very curious to see how the phone calls are going to be on that. They're pretty small. Did you get a look at them, too? Yeah, I uh, took them out of the case. I got a pair uh, yeah. to try out, and uh, they, they look good. Like they look like something that I would actually uh, wear. So I'm interested in the overall quality, not only from the phone aspect, but uh, the music. Uh, and uh, I'm interested in the battery life uh, as well. The one thing I do like about them is the wireless charging. The case, you can put on a wireless charging yeah, pad yeah. or on the back of a Galaxy S10 phone and charge <laughs> that's them. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So they've made it pretty convenient, it looks like, in how you... Um, and how you can use them, how you can pair them. The battery life, it's amazing. I mean, it looks like it's going to be better than anything they came up with before, but it doesn't look like they're going to be industry leaders as far as that goes. You know, if they had come out with something that could do 10 hours of battery life, I'd be, you know, that would raise an eyebrow for me for sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how they do. And actually, the price, it's 129 US, which means they're not going to be that expensive in Canada by comparison. I mean, we're probably looking at, I don't know, maybe 169.99 in Canada. I haven't gotten an exact pricing yet for Canada, but, uh, but they, they, it doesn't look like they'll be as expensive, actually, as their previous ones were. Let's talk quickly about the uh, the Galaxy, uh, the new watch, and the fitness band. Thoughts on those? Yeah, the watch I like, actually. So I have one of those two that I'm going to be testing out now. The watch is essentially a Galaxy watch. So anybody who's used the Galaxy watch before knows what it feels like, knows what it looks like. This is essentially a smaller version of that. So um, in the presentation that they showed, I didn't see anything really different as far as features went. I just saw something that was maybe a little bit more rugged, but the software experience looks to be the same. I don't know that they solved the app issues that they had from the past with the watch, but the form factor by far is an improvement as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, and it's also the form factor that women, quite frankly, will, will definitely feel is better catered to them. Uh, the bands feel pretty good. Uh, and we get wireless charging on that too. I mean, you can lay down that watch on your phone, on your <laughs> Galaxy S10 and charge that as well uh, if you want to. So they uh, it looks like they've done, uh, visually speaking, I mean, if, at first glance, it looks like they've done a lot of things right as far as the, the Galaxy uh, Watch Active goes. Now, the Galaxy Fit was the fitness band, you know, a la Fitbit almost, like a, like a Fitbit-esque uh, type of product, although with a much bigger screen than a Fitbit. Does. It's got a giant color screen, and yeah, the battery yeah. lasts for a week. The battery is supposed to last for a week. Again, all relative, depending on what you're doing. But yeah, that's pretty good battery life if that's truly the case with a screen like that. Unfortunately, they didn't have that. They didn't have the Galaxy Fit out so that we could actually get a, our hands on it and look at it. But And I believe that one's coming out in May in the U.S., so it's got a little bit of a longer launch date. Uh, let's talk about the surprise announcement at the end. I didn't see this coming. Uh, they announced a Galaxy S10 5G phone for areas and carriers that have their 5G networks rolled out. So right now, most carriers around the world are using what's called 4G LTE networks, and yeah. that's what we've been using for a few years. 5G is the next generation. It's supposed to be 20 times faster. 
Yeah, up to 20 times faster. And can support you know, like a million devices in a square kilometer, oh, essentially. Yeah, yeah the, 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 for density, it is a far bigger improvement than 4G LTE, for sure. And a big improvement they made as well with this new 5G technology is the latency. So when you make a request for information, it takes a millisecond, one millisecond for that request to go out and basically come back. So this is going to open up remote surgery, autonomous yeah. driving, yeah. Uh, cloud streaming for gaming. Yeah, and ad hoc connections as well. Ad hoc meaning that if, uh, for example, what we call Wi-Fi Direct, where sometimes you have a device that connects to another device, uh, not necessarily needing the internet, 5G is supposed to make that much better too. So we'll see. Uh, every Everything about the connectivity is supposed to be much faster. And they did outline some of the carriers that are going to be supporting the phone, none of whom are Canadian, by the way. Uh, none of, They weren't there. Uh, they have been a little mum, uh, all three of them, the major ones anyway, have been uh, a little bit quiet as far as what they're going to be doing. Apparently they're working on it, but we don't know right now when they're actually going to release that, like launch that network in Canada. So, uh, but there's a Samsung Galaxy S10 phone. There is when when they're ready. Uh, and it was interesting in the presentation. Uh, they were talking all about the partnerships, not only with the carriers but all the countries as well. Yeah, I'm wondering, yeah. were they taking a stab at Huawei? Do you think? Uh, maybe. Uh, you know, and I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, let these guys go after each other a little bit for sure. Uh, but they uh, Samsung is betting big on 5G because it fits into the wider narrative that they've been uh, positioning, even at CES where everything is going to be connected. They want their ecosystem of devices connected, including vehicles. Uh, not that they're making cars, but that they're going to make technology or software that's going to work with vehicles. Uh, hence, why that's why they bought Harman. That's why they acquired Harman for that reason. So uh, the 5G thing is huge for Samsung, and that's why they're going to be pushing it hard from this year onward. Everything is going to be 5G related one way or another. So this is just the start of it. So would you want an S10 Galaxy or Galaxy S10 5G phone now? Maybe not. I think you still need to wait for the networks to roll out. Uh, but uh, No rush. No rush. Like uh, For Canada right now, that launch is actually in, in, immaterial. It's inconsequential right now. When we come back from the break, back to the studio, we've got uh, Graham with some Amazon Alexa skills. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Uh, a little bit time left for our Amazon skill of the week. Graham, what have you got for the Amazon Echo users out there? I've got two for you. Okay. These are kind of hilarious. Are you ready for this? Go. Cool. Uh, Jurassic Bark. Jurassic Bark. Yes. What is this too? Uh, there's a dog down in Seattle where the owner has recorded a number of different ways that uh, their dog barks and will now play back on command uh, when you ask Alexa to play Jurassic Bark or Alexa, Jurassic Bark, or Alexa, Bark, Bark. Uh, and you can actually speak back and forth with this dog uh, in barking because that's a fun thing to do. Oh, you're actually interacting with the, oh, the yeah. barking dog. Yeah. And so I said I had two for you. Yes, because it's got to get better. Than you have one. Jurassic Bark. The second one is Meow Meow. Meow Meow. Meow Meow. Yeah. So you download the Meow Meow <laughs> skill and you can carry on a conversation by saying, Alexa, Meow Meow. And you can actually, again, continue to converse with the cat in Meow Meow. Jurassic Bark, Meow Meow. Are you a cat person? Or are you a dog person? Or are you both? That's the question. Again, these are Amazon Alexa skills. You can download uh, through the Amazon app on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. That works with your Amazon Echo speakers. That's all the time we have left. Don't forget to listen to our podcast. You can get it on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and just about all those good podcast all places. Good podcasty places. Don't forget to listen to the app show tomorrow here on CKNW 980. This is Mike and Graham logging off. We'll see you again next time.
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.